Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for the privilege that I have to teach myself and all of us through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I've been given the privilege to be the vessel that the Holy Spirit uses. So I thank you, Father God, that this falls upon good ground, good soil, this word this morning, and it will set us free in some areas that maybe we've been bound in or we've kind of slacked off in, and it'll give us a desire for more of your presence, more of your power, and to see your word working each one of us as we pray and in, in others' lives. And so we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So the nugget today, worry is pulling tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. It's a good one, honey. Worry is pulling tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. So when you worry, especially when you take care for tomorrow or the next day or even a year from now or two years from now and, and you're concerned about something, I, I wanted to do a, a teaching on being vexed and, and what it really means, and I will be teaching that soon. I just have not studied it enough to teach it the way I believe the Lord wants it taught and the way I would want it taught so we have a clear understanding of what this means and how it affects every one of us. Amen. So I've been teaching on prayer and I last week we got up to step five, refuse to doubt. Am I right in that one? that where everybody is? Or did we get there yet? The previous lesson, we covered four steps to see our prayers answered. Number one, decide what you want from God and be specific in stating your petition. How many did that this week? Decide on what you want from God and be specific in stating your petitions. Two, read scriptures that promise the answer you need. Search the Bible for scriptures that apply to your need. Plant God's word firmly in your heart so that you will be prepared against Satan's attacks. Number three, Ask God for the things you want. Make sure your wants known to God. Make your wants known to God. I'm sorry, I'm getting used to these new glasses. Okay. Even though he knows what we need, it is his divine plan that we make our wants known to him. Number four. Believe that you receive, develop a stubborn faith that refuses to look at circumstances 
a faith that produces results. And so in this lesson, we're going to deal with three more steps, this one, and then we're moving on. Three more steps to take to pray more effectively. So I hope that each one of you have done this this week, because that's how you'll see miracle working faith. I remember last week, I believe it was, Pastor Red, one of our missionaries, one of the women that, I can't remember if she'd fallen or what, but she had broken her shoulder. And when she went to the doctor, it was a mess. Did they operate? They did not operate. They went back and re-X-rayed it, and God had given her a brand new one. That's, you know, that's a recreative miracle. And that's his best, you know? <laughs> that is his best. So step five is refuse to doubt. Let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you ask. So you're going to have to think continually. That's, I'm going to go to Joshua 1 a minute, if we could. You know, we cannot, hang on, we can't just let our mind just wander around and pick up whatever and think on whatever and, you know, you understand what I'm saying? God wants a trained mind. That's why he said we're, we, our mind is washed with the washing of the water of the word. It's restored by the washing of the water of the word. And so in Joshua chapter 1, he said in verse 8, The book of the law, or the word, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. And he goes on in verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So we see that if we want the desires of our heart, if we want to see things go the way that we desire them to go, and have God's will in our life, and to make our way prosperous and that we deal wisely, we must meditate on the word day and night. And one of the best ways to do that is pray the word only. I know I think sometimes people look at me like they'll ask for a have a prayer request. And, you know, I've gotten so in the habit of this that even if a person doesn't go to our church, I'll ask them, what scriptures are you standing on? Because I get a lot of calls, phone calls from people that need prayer. Well, what scriptures are you standing on? Because if you're not standing on scriptures, it's not going to happen. I mean, it might, but you don't want to lose what, you, what ground you've gained. Okay? So everybody slap yourself or pinch yourself if you feel like you're going to go to sleep. Because you need this. Refuse to doubt. No matter what, refuse to doubt. 
And doubt tries to come on us all the time, every day, about something or another. I just got me wet and everything wet up here. Let every thought and desire affirm what you, you have, that you have what you ask. So when you pray for something, let every thought affirm that. In other words, don't start doubting what you've prayed. If you've ta and and if, if you do, then you've got to go back to those scriptures that you're standing on for the promises. Never permit a mental picture of failure to remain in your mind. Never permit a picture of failure to remain in your mind. Never doubt for one minute that you have the answer. If doubt persists, rebuke them. Get your mind on the answer. In James 4, 7, it says, Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Doubt is of the devil. Resist it. Resist the devil. We need to realize that the enemy is going to come with doubts when we... When our eyes see something, we're not, we're not to be led by what we see, by the five physical senses. We're to be led by what the Word of God says. And that's a hard thing when we live in, in the times that we're living in. A lot of people glue themselves to the TV and listen to fake news all the time. You know, you, if it hasn't come from God or someone that you truly trust and understand and know, then just take most of it and shove it out. Matter of fact, we shouldn't be running around, sitting around listening to the news or anything. What you watch or what you listen to, you will become. Okay? That'll become a part of you. And so, in John 16, 23, let's look here. This has to do with refuse to doubt. And in that day you shall ask of me, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but... The time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in proverb, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. And at that day you shall ask in my name, and I shall and I say not unto you that I will you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you, and I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and he believeth that I came from, and have believed that I came from God, from, I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, 
and am come into this world again, I leave the world and go to the Father. And so Jesus, Pastor talked a little bit on this this morning, not too much. Jesus died, paid for our sin, went to hell, was resurrected. Then he came back for a time. And he finished up telling them some things that they needed to know. Now, to me, the biggest thing that they missed out on was praying with him for that hour. Because they would have learned how to pray and not doubt. They, it's really sad that they missed, missed that. But So he came back and he started, he started sharing things with them. You know, when, when he was baking, baking the fish and they were out there and they thought, who is that? And they, he, they came in and he fed them and he asked Peter, do you love me? Let's turn there in John 21, I believe it is. I love it when God gets completely off the notes. Okay, let's, let's look at this a minute. <laughs> this is good. You know, they got so discouraged that Peter said, I'm going back to my fishing trade. How many have ever gotten so discouraged that you felt like you wanted to go back to what you used to do? Don't raise your hand. Okay. So and here they are. And the other disciples came in a small boat, and they were, this verse 8, not far from him. Some only 100 yards dragged the net full of fish. Well, let's go on up a little bit. And Jesus, verse 5, And Jesus said to them, Boys, children, you do not have any meat fish, do you? Have you caught anything to eat along with your bread? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast their net on, on, and now they were not able to haul it in for such a big catch mass quality of fish was in it. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, is it the Lord? Simon Peter, hearing what he said, that it was the Lord, put girded on his upper garment, his fisherman's coat, his outer tunic, and he would for he had was stripped for work and sprang into the sea. And the other disciples came in small boats, for they were not far from the shore, only some hundred yards away, dragging the net full of fish. When they got on the land, the beach, they saw the fire coals. There were fish lying on it, cooking and bread. So Jesus said to them, bring some fish which you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net in to the land full of large fish, 153 of them. And though they were, there were so many of them, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. But none of the disciples ventured or dared to ask him, who are you? Because they 
well knew that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. So also with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus revealed, appeared, was manifested to the disciples after he had risen from the dead. When they had eaten, you notice he's always caring about your needs. He's always caring about you. You know, he, when you see this, you see a picture of Jesus. He's always there to care for you. He's always there to love you. He saw they had a need and he provided it. <laughs> they decided to go off in rebellion and go back to their fishing trade. They hadn't caught anything. You would have thought that would have been enough for them. But he went ahead and said, you know, what if you caught nothing? Well, cast it on the other side. And they just started hauling in the fish. That's the miracle of our, of our Jesus. Okay. Even when we get discouraged and we decide we're going to go do something else. He's always there if we'll allow him to be to bring us back to what he desires us to do. This is a, a great... It's not a story. It's, a, it's, a, it's great love is what I see here. So here we go. Um, when they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, who do you love? Do you love me more than these others do? With reasoning, intention, spiritual devotion, as, the love, as one loves the Father, he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you, as for a close friend, he said to him, feed my lambs. And again, he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? With reasoning, then he went on. And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you, that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you. As a close friend, he said to him, Shepherd, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with deep, instinctive, personal affection for me? As for a close friend, Peter grieved and was saddened and hurt, and he sh should ask for the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you. And for, as for a close friend, Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that when you were young, you girded yourself, put on your own belt and girdle, and you walked about wherever you pleased to go. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put a girdle around you and carry you where you do not wish to go. So Jesus came back three times, I believe it was three, and instructed them, told them things. But what he told Peter, he said, you need to agape me. You need to give me everything you have. 
The other was phileo, a receiving kind of love. He went through the different types of love with him. So he tells him, feed my sheep. And John again, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I'm standing on the scripture. I have asked you and now I believe you have done it. This is what we have to do whenever we're praying. Stand on that scripture and tell Jesus, I believe you and I know you have already done it. One thing we need to realize is that everything that needed to be done in the redemption was taken care of. We just need to get ourselves in the position. We need to position ourselves before the Lord to receive in the way he desires us to be able to receive and believe and pray. These times that we're in right now are the last days. And there will be certain things that God has promised us in the early scriptures, signs, wonders, miracles and things, things that they saw in Paul's life, things that he did. Those things are going, I truly believe, are going to come back and there will be a swoop of a revival like no one's ever seen, like recreative miracles that Pastor um, shared last week. That's God's best. And God, God wants to move like that on this world, and he is in other countries. That will change the world. Thank God we have a president right now that holds prayer meetings and Bible studies, has a pastoral in Bible studies with his staff. They're praying, we're praying that there will be a change in America and the world. But we are praying for recreative miracles, for God to move like he did in the early church, in the early days. God wants to move even greater. Jesus said, greater things shall you do than me because I go to the Father. And he's up there constantly, especially in this hour. He's preparing each one of us to go out and do mighty miracles of God. But it's going to come from the word, prayer, and worship, and righteous living. And so... We need to realize that God is already ready to give us whatever the word says we can have. But we need to not doubt. There cannot be any doubt in our hearts. And some, and some of us have got to go back, we all do, to the basics of when we first got born again, how we believed and how we were so hungry. And, and you know, when I first got saved... I completely devoured the Bible all day long. I could barely get my housework done. We need to go back. We need to be that. God's word is everything to us. You'll see miracles when that takes place. Philippians 4.8. How do we keep from doubting? We all know this scripture. We all should know this scripture. I'm going to go up a little before we do this. Our thoughts are governed by observation association and teachings 
we must guard against every evil thought and doubt that comes into our mind. So our thoughts are governed by observation, association, and teachings. We must guard against every evil thought and doubt that comes into our mind. We must stay away from all places and things that do not support our confession that God has answered our prayer. Some that times this means staying away from, well, we all know churches that teach more doubt than faith. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So he gives you an outline of what to think on. Paul said after that, I know how to be abased and I know how to bound, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How did he do these things? Because he, this was what he thought on. You know, he was in some places that I pray to God some all of us never find ourselves in. Seriously. So he learned how to overcome situations, how to pray, how to praise, and he was teaching the word. Okay? And he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so our main reading should be in the epistles. That's, that's our main reading as believers. That's one thing Brother Hagen taught us when we were in school. Your main reading should be in Paul's teachings. Because that's for you today. That doesn't mean don't read the rest of the Bible, but your main reading should be there. Number six, meditate on the promises. Meditate on them. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 you'll turn there I taught on this recently my son attend to my words incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of thine heart for they are life unto those that find them and health and healing to all their flesh Meditate continually on the promises which you have, which you base your answer to prayer. See yourself in possession of what you have asked from God. Meditate constantly on the promises and see yourself in possession of what you have asked from God and make plans as if it were already a reality. God will make his word good if you will act on it. God will make his word good if you will act on it. Now, I had a couple that was years ago, they were planning to get married. And she had never been married and he had, and he had 
one daughter that I believe was, yeah, the daughter was adopted because he was told, they were told, he was told you can't have any children. Well, this woman wanted children. She wanted a child of her own. And so when they came to premarital counseling, I said, can you both believe for that? And they both said yes. And it wasn't long when she became pregnant and they had their own child. But they both had to stand together on this desire and have the word of God before them and stand on that word and it came to pass. Nothing's impossible with God. The Bible says the things impossible with man are possible with God. And that's how we have to see things. It doesn't matter what you look like or, you know, what your body's telling you. What does the word tell you? Okay? What does the word say? God's word says, if we meditate constantly on the promises which we base our prayer, our, our answer to our prayers, we see ourselves in possession of what we have from God and make plans as if it were already a reality. God will make his word good if you will act on it. He will make his word good if you will act on it. God's word says he hears and answers prayer. If the word doesn't depart before your eyes, you are sure to see yourself with the things you've asked for. If you don't see yourself with them, God's word has departed from before your eyes. It's easy for our flesh to give up after a period of time. That's why we have to keep on digging in to the word. Because this, this flesh is not going with us to heaven. It's our spirit and our soul that are going to heaven. You all understand what I'm saying? So you have to see yourself. We have to see ourselves walking in what the word has promised us. That's why we need to meditate on it day and night. Ignore what the enemy tries to tell you and say, no, that's not what the word says. You're going to have to become very verbal. If you don't stand by God, God can't stand by you. He wants... <laughs> Even though he wants to, the only way God works is through his word. He moves in line with his word. He has magnified his word above his name. If you stand by the word, God will stand by you, no matter what. Many people pray and pray, but they don't pray according to the word. In John 15, 7, let's turn there.
You say, well, I know that. Well, if you know it, ask yourself what's happening, okay? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you, can, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you, may, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done for you. That, that's period. That's a settled fact. Amen? It's just like Jesus standing here saying that to you. With his words abiding in us, we have a solid foundation. The enemy knows if a person has God's word abiding in them and they are standing on that word no matter what, if you're built on the solid rock and you're, you're built, you're, your foundation is the rock, the word, and you're building on that rock, the word, and you're building and building and building on that word, then you are solid, no matter what he tries to throw at you. One of my favorite stories is the three pigs. There's a book back in the nursery, I think, Annette Capp's sister wrote it. Um, maybe it was Annette, but anyway, I think it was the sister, Charles Capp. And it was, you know, we all know the three pigs story. I don't need to tell you that, but... The others, da, 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 we're just going to do whatever and have a good old time. Well, the other one was building and building and building because he knew the big fat wolf was out there. Big bad wolf, I'm sorry. Big bad fat wolf was out there and could huff and puff and blow it down unless it was built right. That's why I love that story that, you know, whoever wrote that was probably a Christian. So they, their houses got blown down because they did not have a good foundation on, on the word. We'll just put it this way, you know, we'll talk about people. They didn't have a good foundation on the, on the rock, and they didn't keep building on the rock, but the other pig did. I hate using pigs, but anyway. The, and the big bad wolf came, and he blew, and he blew, and he couldn't blow their house down. But thank God... The, they had one brother out of, out of three of them that did, did this. Well, Jesus says we're all going to be on our own when, when the trumpet blast comes. You know, there were 12 virgins. Was there 10 or 12? 10? Pardon? 10. I'm thinking of 12. 10. I don't know what happened to the other two. There were ten virgins and only five had oil in their lamp. That means that wasn't even one, two-thirds of them. Only, only half of them had oil in their lamp or one-third of them. They made it. The others were crying out, give me oil, give me oil, give me your oil. I don't have enough oil. I just have enough for me. I'm sorry. I built my house upon the word and the rock. I can't take the chance to give it to you. I kept telling you, but you did not listen. So they didn't make it. It's heavy. That is a heavy thing. How many realize that? 
I'm keeping oil in my lamp. Number seven, give God the praise. Philippians 4, 6. Does everybody have every number? <clears throat> Pastor says sometimes I forget to give out the numbers. Do you got every number? Okay. Philippians what? Number six is give God the praise. Oh, six was meditate on the promises. You're welcome. Anytime. All right, you ready? Let's go for it. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The word be careful for nothing means in nothing be anxious. That's a heavy-duty thing to tell people, don't be anxious about anything. Excuse me. Don't be anxious for anything. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Anything. As long as you, we fret and are anxious, praying and fasting won't do any good. This verse says, with thanksgiving. And this comes after praying about a matter. We thank God for the answer after we have prayed. The final step to answered prayer is a lift, is to lift your heart to God constantly in gratitude and increasing praise for what he has done and for what he is doing for you now. You know, when you've prayed so long for something and stood on the word for something and it happens, Sometimes we forget to praise God for that, but if you're praising God continually all along, it happens. I've had miracles take place in my life before, didn't even realize it for a few days. You know what? That's, that's not bothering me anymore. God is faithful, but we need to constantly praise him. And whenever he does something, whether it's you almost get in an accident or whatever, thank him for his angels that he has placed around you right then and there. God wants to be thanked. There's not one of you in here that does not like to be thanked or praised or blessed, you know, with words. It's, it's horrible in a marriage to not compliment one another continually because that's what keeps the marriage alive. I've seen people that couldn't, you know, their, their mate wants a divorce and they thought everything was all right. I can't, I don't understand it. Well, I'm very concerned for this generation, quite frankly, because everything's done on their cell phones, iPads, whatever. They don't know how to communicate. They have no idea how to sit down and take a phone away from someone for a week and try to have a conversation with them. I hate to say this, but some couples, that's the only way they communicate. Then they end up in my office because they're having problems. So I get phone calls because they're having problems. Put it away. Shut it off. 
Well, I, I need it on. No, you don't. What's more important? God, your family, then church. Family includes your kids, then church. Those are the three. That's, that's the lineup, okay? Then work or whatever, and then whatever else. But there's some things that he says are import, more important than others. So, and I can guarantee you that God can keep you if you make a decision up in your mind that I am not, that I'm going to turn it off. You will not get a phone call if you make a decision and you, you and God get together on this. That's faith. So, give praise to God. Thinking faith thoughts and speaking faith words lead the heart out of defeat into victory. Into victory. How many want victory in every situation? Amen. Every circumstance. Do not accept defeat. Don't ever accept, ever accept defeat. I remember, it'll be a year ago tomorrow, when Buddy went home to be with the Lord, and I remember it was either the day after or the day after that, pastor was in bed going through his Bible, said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm looking up every scripture to make, that I can to prove that he's in heaven. And he found every one of them, and he, made, he proved it to himself. That's how my husband is, if it's not in the Word, that's how we both, I'm not going to accept it. And it's real nice to tell a person, you know, um, your dog's in heaven, but if you can't prove it by the word of God. <clears throat> so he's in my future. I know he's there and I know he's in my future. That's how I handle it. This is interesting. Do, do, do not be denied. It is your family right. Some of you are Family men, we're all family in here, but some of you have your, your natural family here. Do not be denied. It is your family right, your redemption right, to have what God has promised. Amen. It is yours, and it will come. Accept it, and it will become a reality. Some of you are praying for maybe one member of your family to, to come in or whatever. Trust me, if you all get together, you all get scriptures, and you stand on the scriptures, it will happen. The sooner you do it, the, the sooner it'll happen. Okay. Andrew Murray said, it's not good taste to ask God for the same thing over and over again. If when you do pray again for something that hasn't materialized, don't pray for it in the same way because that would be unbelief. Remind God that you asked him for it and what his word says and tell him you are expecting it. Then thank him for it. Amen. Often people undo their prayers. Listen real closely because often people undo their prayers. You pray something, the angels go out and start to get it, and then you speak something, and they have to, they have to stop. I want you to think about this, okay? Because we have been given angels as ministering spirits to go out and minister for us. Remember, Jesus could have called down 
How many angels? Pardon? Twelve legions. And how many are in a legion? Thanks. So. Pardon? He's not sure. He thinks 24,000. That's your homework for this week, honey. He could have called them down, but he didn't. Why aren't we calling them down? I do all the time. Angels go out there and do this. Often people undo their prayers. They get into unbelief and stay there. And it, as if they were spinning wheel, their wheels. And this come, now this is something that Brother Hagen wrote, so I want to read it. During a convention in Texas, I heard Reverend Raymond T. Ritchie lead in prayer. He must have been a very powerful man because he talked about him very often. For a man who was in the hospital dying, after we prayed, we thanked God that he had heard us. Brother Ritchie started to walk away from the pulpit and then turned around and went back to the microphone. He asked how many in the congregation were going to keep praying for this man in the hospital. Nearly everyone raised his hands. What do you want? Why, what do you want to do that for? Brother Richie asked. We already have prayed for him. Now let's, let us keep praising God because he has healed this man. At the close of the service, someone came in and announced that the dying man had suddenly revived and was going to be all right. He, has seen Jesus, he had seen Jesus walk into his room and say, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He had awakened and immediately it was well. This had happened when we had been praying. The Christian who practices these seven steps to answered prayer will discover great victory in his prayer life. So, this is an area right here that I think we've slacked off on asking for the same thing over and over again rather than praising God for it. Okay, how many got that? John 15, 7, if you want to turn there. We already did it once, but put this to memory. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. How many believe that? Praise you, Father. The authority of Jesus' name, Mark 16, 17, and 18. You need to know your authority in Jesus' name. According to Rick Brenner, a legion is a minimum of 6,000 angels. 6,000 angels is the minimum of, oh, minimum, okay. Thank you. She's taking notes and looking things up. Hey, honey, if you had my... Where'd I say we were going? <laughs> Mark 16, right? Okay. Let's work at verse 17. Oh, let's go to 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel in every, to every creature. 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So they... So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word and with signs following. Jesus told them this and he went to heaven. And then they went out and did it. And it says... And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So be it. How many know what amen means? That means so be it. You say amen, you're just saying so be it, whatever you said. <laughs> amen. God hears and answers prayers. Jesus gave us the power and authority and the right to use his name. We have been given the power and authority and the right to use his name. In Revelation, it says, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So we've been given the right to use his name. God hears and answers prayers. We might as well settle that. It works. Too often people just make a stab in the dark at praying. They call it praying and let it go at that. They hope something works out some way or another. But we need to take our stand on God's word and let heaven, hell, and earth know that God's word is true and we believe it. We need to grow in prayer. You know, prayer is something you grow in. It isn't just something that... It's just like you're... You're saved, but you grow and you grow up in the Lord, okay? But prayer is something you grow in. Prayer can become stagnant. This is something you grow in. You know, in Jude 20, it says, Building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues is so important that it was that it says, as we pray in tongues, we are building up our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So you need to pray in the Holy Ghost as often as you can. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. I talked to someone recently and they said, well, you know, that, that to me is real private. I knew right then and there. They'd been taught in a church that they only prayed in prayer, prayed in tongues, when they felt the Spirit come upon them. If I waited for the Spirit to come upon me to pray in tongues, I wouldn't pray in tongues that often. We pray in tongues. That is our, that's our prayer language. Okay? And so I knew immediately, and I went through and... and got through to the person on how important this is for them to learn to pray in tongues continually. It's a gift. It's been given to you. Okay? 
And so the enemy knows if you pray in tongues, you're building up your most holy faith. And it, he knows, uh-oh, there's trouble out here. There's trouble out there. <laughs> if we have this whole church praying in the Holy Ghost as often as you can, can you imagine what would take place? We need to take our stand on God's word and let heaven, hell, and earth know that God's word is true and that we believe it. We need to grow in prayer. Many times God condescends to us to meet us on our elementary level. Trust me, when I first prayed, it was as elementary as it could get because I'd never been taught to pray. I didn't even hear people praying. So... I hadn't even heard that I remember the Lord's Prayer. So this was it. God, in Jesus' name, here I am. I can just imagine what Pastor used to think because I would pray, you know, all the time. Here I am. And then I'd start going down the list. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I bet you wanted to laugh because he said beautiful prayers because he had been taught to pray. Well, I got, as you know, I've gotten a little better, okay? <laughs> but you know what? Everything I asked for got done back then because I would read it in the Word, and then I would pray. Okay, that's great. God said it. I'm going to ask for it. The Bible teaches there is similarity between physical growth and spiritual growth, okay? Remember, you grow in prayer. In 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, go ahead and turn there, desire the sincere milk of the word that there he may grow thereby. No one is born a fully grown adult. Thank God for us women that have had children. We are born as babies and grow up. No one is born a fully grown Christian either. Now, sometimes new Christians think they know everything. I was one of those. I think my, that my girlfriend that was instrumental in me, leading me to the Lord was about to pull her hair out. Because I would read the word and we talked on the phone every day because there was a house between us and we raised our kids together and I'd tell her all these things I'd learned and I know she already knew them. She was just a very patient person, thank God. It didn't say, I already know that, you know. But, hang on, i got to find my place. When I was a child, I prayed. Now I lay down to sleep. I did pray that. That scared the living daylights out of me. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I could still say it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to take. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul will take. I didn't know God. I didn't know who I was praying to, but all I knew was I might wake up in the morning and I might not be wherever. What a thing to have a kid pray. Really. I mean, they don't know the Lord. And they're praying that, that'll scare them. Trust me. 
Now, but I don't pray that anymore. I've grown beyond that. When we are spiritual babes, we may have prayed certain ways, but God wants us to grow up spiritually. How many know that? How many have ever read Brother Hagen's book on growing up spiritually? I might have the title wrong. God requires more of us now than he did a few years ago. God requires more of us now than he did last week. When lights come through teaching, God requires us to walk in the light of it. You know, when you first get saved, you hear the word, but you, don't, you can't grab all of it. You, but what you grab... You say, okay, I see this is true in the word and, and I shouldn't do this anymore, so I'm not going to do this. Now, the church I got born again in, they gave you out a list of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Now, that was the other church you went to before I got born again, I believe. So, believers write in the name of Jesus. Let's look at it again. Let's stick in John or Mark, I'm sorry, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Do you believe? I'm asking you all, do you believe? In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall drink with new tongues. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up servants, and they shall drink any deadly thing, and it shall, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Prayer should be addressed to the Father in Jesus' name. We've already learned that. This is the key to seeking our prayers answered. Jesus gave us the power of authority or right to use his name. You've been given the power of authority to use his name. Use it. We see his name when we use his name when we pray for individual needs and when we deal with the devil. He said, in my name shall they cast out devils. Most of the body of Christ is afraid of a devil. If one showed up at them in front of them, they'd run. They would run so fast. They are. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. This place is loaded. Not this place, but the world is loaded. They don't want to hear about that. We that are believers are the ones that are expected to pray. Like Brother Hagen gave a word and he said, a remnant, word of faith, a word of faith people praying will turn it around. So you're part of that remnant, okay? Jesus appointed the 70 disciples and sent them forth. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, let's turn there, Luke 10, 17. Out of all the things they did, this one was more meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. 
And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Praise the Lord. Now in Acts 16, 16 through 18, if you'll turn there, we read where Paul cast an evil spirit out of a girl. Acts 16, 16 through 18. I can't believe you let her go on that long. But... Now listen real closely to what she was saying. A lot of people today would think this person really loved Jesus or loved, knew the Lord. As we were on our way to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who was possessed by a spirit of divination, claiming to foretell future events and to discover hidden knowledge. And she brought her owners much gain by her fortune telling. She kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly, these men are the servants of the Most High God. They announced to you the way of salvation. She had spirits. I had spirits. Not the kind of spirits that you drink either. When Pastor and I were dating, we used to go to a bar, and I would start telling people about Jesus. Him being backslidden, got very nervous and told me, this is not the place to do this. Had there been someone, well, there wouldn't have been someone in there, but had there been someone, they could have got me set free, saved, and delivered. Amen? She kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting, loud, shouting loudly, these men are servants of the Most High God. They announced to you the way of salvation. She did this for many days. I'll bet you she drew a crowd because of her fortune telling and all the people that had gone to her. She's telling them, everybody around her, these are the servants of the Most High God. So they probably had a pretty good crowd. Okay? I would think... <laughs> That's probably why you waited. And she did this for many days. Then Paul began begin, beginning sorely annoyed and worn out. In other words, he was getting real tired of this demonic spirit following around, screaming, these are men of God. <laughs> Hey, you 
get out there preaching the gospel, you might have these people following you around, yelling, you truly are men and women of God. You can stand up and preach. Hallelujah. I've always found this one really a good one. He's, he's, he's like, I have had enough of her. Paul being, verse 18, being sorely annoyed and worn out, because it does wear you out. In, in turn and said to the spirit within her, I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very moment. But when her owners discovered that their hope of profit was gone, they caught hold of Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the forum marketplace where trials were being held. And, they, and when, they were brought, when they brought them before the magistrates, they declared, these fellows are Jews and they are throwing out and, and they are throwing our city into great confusion. What a city this must have been. Can you imagine? <laughs> the end project, practice of custom, which is unlawful for us Romans to accept or observe. The crowd also joined in the attack upon them, and the rulers tore off their, <laughs> tore their clothes off of them and commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Well, look what this got him. Watch what dealing with demons does. And then we're going to stop here. So there they are in prison for because he had enough of this woman that was walking, running around yelling, these truly are men of God. He, being received so strict a charge, put them into the inner prison, the dungeon, and fastened their feet to stocks. And about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundations of the prison was shaken, and, once, and all at once all the doors were open and everyone shackles were unfastened when the jailer startled out of his sleep saw all the prison doors were open he drew his sword and was on the point of killing himself because he supposed the prisoners had escaped but paul shouted don't harm yourself for we are all here then the jailer called for the lights and rushed in and trembling and terrified fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out of the dungeons and said, Men, what is necessary for me to do that I might be saved? Get rid of the big demon person in the town. Get setting her free caused all this. Brother Hagen used to say, Get the people saved in town and the town will be free. Quit trying to go up and do warfare in the heavenlies. Get, get the people saved and well they got the biggest one saved in the city and got thrown in jail for it okay and they answered believe in the Lord Jesus give yourself up to him 
Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping and you and your and you will be saved. And this applies to both you and your household as well. Hallelujah. And they spake on they they declared the word of the Lord, the doctrine concerning the attaining through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God to him and all who were in his house. Glory to God. Here is the jailer. He took them the same hour in the night and bathed them because of their bloody wounds, and he was baptized immediately and all of the members of his household. They took, then he took them uh, into his house and set food before them, and he leaped much for joy and exulted with all his family, and he believed in God, accepting and joyously welcoming what he had made known through Christ. Glory to God. This is a good one. And when it was day, the magistrate sent policemen saying, release those prisoners and let them go. And the jailer repeated the words to Paul saying, the magistrates had sent to release you and let you go. Now therefore come out and go in peace. But Paul answered them, they have beaten us openly and publicly without a trial and uncondemned men who are Roman citizens and thrown us into prison. And do they now thrust us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come here themselves and conduct us out. <laughs> the police reported this message to the magistrates and they were frightened when they heard that the prison were Roman citizens. So they came themselves and striving to appease them by treaty, entreaty, apologizing to them, and they brought them out of and asked them to leave the city. So Paul and Silas left the prison and went to Lydia's house. And when they had seen the brethren, they wrapped they warned and urged and counseled and encouraged them and departed. Paul wasn't about to take the guff off of them. You come, you apologize, and you lead us out. That gives you power. There's power in the name of Jesus. They got rid of the woman in, who was in the town that was making so much money by her divination. She must have been a doozer. Get thrown in jail. The whole jail gets set free. The prison keeper gets saved. His whole household, he gets joyful. Think of what took place in that town after. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to stop here. Well, I'm early, three minutes. Does anybody need prayer this morning? I hope you got something out of this. Start seeing, seeing when you go to work or whatever, when you're in a situation, use the name of Jesus. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Father, I just pray 
for every person in this room in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that you will bless their week. They will take the word of God that they've heard this morning and they will become powerful prayer warriors and there will be a change in everything they put their hand to will prosper. Everything they speak out of their mouth will line up with the word of God. That is your desire. Everything that we do will bring glory to you, Lord. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Go with God. And John, if I can talk to you for a second, I would appreciate it.